0: To honor something or someone means to place a value on. When your phone rings, doesn't matter who's on it, do you turn to it? Or do you walk away from it? When you get that SMS or, you know, that WhatsApp message, what do you do to it? You? Check it out. Why? It's because you're placing a a value on your phone so value positions you to receive so right now your, the value that you place on God's word positions you to receive a message that God has to give you so that you can carry the grace of God in your life to fulfill what the message has to say I'm on fire I don't know about you Open your Bibles to Exodus chapter 20. <clears throat> We're talking about honor. Yeah. Let's see how fast you are. Are you there? Yeah. Awesome. The Bible says, or God says, I am the Lord your God. Who brought you out of Egypt into, the, out of the land of slavery and you shall have no other gods before me. I am the Lord your God. I am not the Lord of somebody else's God. I am the Lord of your God. And the reason why I am the Lord your God is because I brought you out of out of slavery. Out of bondage. You shall not have any other gods before me. Which the reason why you were in bondage was because you were submitted to another voice. You were submitted to another God. And because you could not rescue yourself out of that place, the Lord became your God by rescuing you. Anybody rescued in this place? Come on, come on. Because you are not a slave of sin anymore, he's saying you shall have no other gods before me, which means honor to God. The way I place a value on God is that I don't bring in any other idol, any other God, any other habit, any other vice, Anything that distracts me, anything that causes anything yeah. that causes me to be a slave of it. Yeah. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? You're in worshiping God at home and suddenly zzz, oh. in church it's like. Oh, dude, man, who's that? Maybe my salary's come. Maybe I've got miracle money. Let me check my phone. <laughs> By the way, somebody's gonna get miracle money just because I said it. Hold on, hold on. We have to. No, no, no. We have to have some priorities here, okay? Your celebration of God's word was not as much as miracle money. But you don't understand that it was God's word that brings the miracle money. I can see that the word is slowly bringing you out of the wilderness experience. <clears throat> you must understand, honor for God means hatred for sin. Honor to God means hatred to sin. Hatred to your habits. Hatred to the vices, the little things, the little critters that that critter you during the week. That cause cr- little craters for you to... Stumble on. Because the minute you're in God's presence, you bring in everything. Listen to me very carefully. The day you, you leave Egypt, you leave bondage, you leave slavery, and you come. The, you are in the presence of God 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Christians wonder why they're not blessed. Why am I still going through this persecution? Why am I still going through this struggle? Why am I being attacked by the enemy? How dare the enemy come into the presence of God and touch your life? Hello? It's because you've entertained. Come, my friend. (laughs) Touch me. (laughs) Here, take my money. Touch it. Take it, steal it. Do what you want in the presence of God. And honor to God it means hatred to everything in your past. If you struggled with alcohol, man, you've got to hate it. Cigarettes, hate it. Pornography, hate it. Because if you are in the presence of God and you have, like they say, no. Oh, it's a It's a Hindi term. (laughs) Dusra ladki. It means it means another another woman in your life, right? You have a wife, and then you have another woman in your life. That's basically what it it's called adultery. You're you're having an adulterous relationship with a vice in the presence of God. I. Honor to God says Hatred to everything that you loved before That was sin Not your family That was sin Everything that took you away from God Everything that caused you to become a slave You've got to learn to hate it Hatred to sin is honor to God Since you're there Exodus chapter 20 Verse 12, this one is really awesome for all the kids that were really felt very nasty last week after last week's message. They were challenging your mom and dad. Check this out. This is, this is a command from God. Verse 12, honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. Hello, now the parents should be smiling, not not smiling. The kids are like, uh uh-oh, it's our day today. Wait, I haven't even started my message yet. It says, honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. Please understand, he brought you out of bondage, out of slavery, into a land. Which means your mom and dad came with you. He honored them by bringing them out of darkness. Because he thought of you. You understand? If you don't know how to honor your mother and father. Long life will not be your portion. Kids. Kids, Hello? take it, take it, just take it, take it, just take it, take it. <laughs> Do you understand? Hello, are you here? Honoring your parents, whether physical or spiritual, it's not given a condition here. Honor your parents only if they're saved. Honor your parents only if they're nice. Honor your parents if they, if they did not abuse you. Hello. honor your mom and dad if they give you chocolate every day if they fed you you gave you three meals a day if your mom and dad were struggling if they were fighting if they were divorced it doesn't say don't honor them because of the conditions an honorable person, a person who has the virtue of honor in their heart, regardless of how mom and dad are, how they were, how they are, how they will be, your responsibility to God is to honor your mother and your father. Whether you agree with their decisions or not, spiritual father, mother, pastor, I don't know, today he feels, he's like, mm, I don't know, maybe I don't mm, 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 mm. Yeah. He made a he made a call about the church that I don't agree on. Well, guess what? He's going to live. What about you? Oh, I don't agree with the church. The father of the house and the mother of the house—they have holes in their jeans, and they talk in a very relaxed manner. Uh, Yeah, we'll see who will outlive who. You understand? You must come into this place where honor for God equals to honor for your mom and dad. The measure of honor that you have for the Lord and the hatred that you have for your sin is the hatred that you need to have for your own opinions. For your own preferences when it comes to your parents. Ooh. <laughs> Maybe I should have said, put your hand on your heart today. Huh? Well, pastor, what are you saying? I'm saved, my parents are not. Listen, you must understand that the Bible says in John chapter 1, it says that all things were made by him and through him. It's just that your mom and dad haven't been awakened, born again to the reality that God already exists. Maybe you were preached another, another gospel where it said that you, unless you repent, brother, you're going to go to hell. And Jesus will not come and live in you. you if for you to have life. In him was life. And this life was the... <laughs> so are there people in this, in this world who don't know Jesus as their Lord and Savior still alive? Is the light... St- <laughs> huh? Is the light still on? Yeah? The power is still on. People are still alive. So what does that say? It says that the mercy of God, the goodness of God will lead a man to repentance. You must understand, the awakening experience was not a threatening experience. The awakening experience was because God is so good. That's why I gave my life to Him. That's why I surrendered my life to Him so that He could awaken me every single time I read His Word. Every time I hear the Word of God, it's goodness coming to me. And every time I receive the goodness of God, God, He awakens me. I have a born-again experience again and again and again and again. Every page in this book gives me a born-again experience. Must understand that. Must understand. So stop condemning your mom and dad. Stop talking. Kids, when you go to school, stop bad mouthing your parents by saying, Oh, my father, no, he's very strict. My mother tells me not to wear short dresses. Just honor them. Whether you agree with it or not, honor them. If your parents are old, honor them. You understand? The reason why is because, man, I receive an inheritance of life only because I choose to honor. Right? So they are there now. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 11. We did this on the first week of, that we did honor. It says, honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. One of the possessions that we have, we always think possessions means money and cars, and all that stuff, and it is true. One of the possessions that we have is our body. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, 19 to 20 says, honor the Lord with your body. Verse 19 says this, you surely know that your body is the temple where the Holy Spirit lives. The Spirit is in you, and is a gift from God. You are no longer your own. God paid a great price for you, So use your body to honor God. Hello. Use your body, that means your physical body, to honor the Lord. It means if you're doing things that are sinful, you're dishonoring your body. When you dishonor your body, you are causing your body to shut down faster than it should it's all connected it's all connected honor your mother and father so you live honor your body so that you can right I'll keep going because I think it's, it's getting heavy in the room 1 Timothy chapter 5 3 to 16 don't go there it talks about honoring widows and orphans 1 Peter chapter 3 verse 7 Are you there? Let's go there. 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 7. This is a good one. As soon as you go there, as soon as you find yourself there, you'll know what I'm talking about. Yeah. (laughs) Are you there? Come on, are you quick? Are you a smart church? 1 Peter 3 verse 7. Husbands, (laughs) likewise, dwell with them. Speaking about the wife. Husbands, likewise, dwell with your wife with understanding. Hello. Giving honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel and as being heirs together of the grace of life that your prayers may not be. It's nothing. now, nothing, man. Nothing. It's husbands. Husbands, put your hand up. Husbands, put your hand up. Future husbands, put your hand up. (laughs) Right? It's nothing. If you dishonor your wife, God doesn't answer your prayers. That's it. That's it. Nothing much. (laughs) Honor is a very serious subject to the Lord. If you, if, as a husband, if you don't honor your wife, God doesn't honor the words that come out of your mouth. The requests that you have, the pleading, the petitions before God, it doesn't even... Nope. First go, honor your wife. Huh? Yeah, you're, you become null and void. Your prayers have no substance to it. Because you lack substance towards your wife. Let me read it in the Passion Translation. Because I think that Alejandra would have been celebrating. But anyway. It says, husbands, you must in turn, must treat your wives with tenderness. Viewing them as feminine partners who deserve to be honored. For they are co-heirs with you Of the divine grace of life So that nothing will hinder your prayers Come on man Come on Peter, Peter is saying Honoring your wife Means having a tender heart towards her Honoring your wife doesn't look like this Go make some tea I'm tired Cook food! Lift your hand up. I am the leader. God made me the head of the house. You submit to me. Some people are getting... Should I keep going? Exposing... The women are saying yes. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You do what I tell you. You have no choice. You're married to me now for the rest of your life. Let me treat you like a slave. Hello. Trust me, as a, as a pastor, I come across, I have come across conversations that are so dishonoring only because the son grew up in a house where he was given Everything. And he was told, there is none like you in all the earth. (laughs) 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 Women must be in the kitchen or cleaning. I would love to ask those parents, could you please show me, Christian parents, where does the Bible say that the women need to be in the kitchen? And the women need to sweep the flow and, and mop the flow and do the dishes and yeah. See, right now, if I was a woman, yeah, I would be doing a freedom shout right now. Right? Husbands, if you have just gotten married, man, I'm telling you, This is the perfect message for you. If if you've been married for a couple of years now, not a couple of years, but many, many, many years, great, start repenting. This This is a great moment for you to repent. If you're not married, perfect. The woman that you marry, my God, you must treat her with tenderness because she is worth it. The Bible says that she is the weaker vessel. Paul, Peter says that she is the weaker vessel. And we have treated women in our lives like they are weak. There's a difference. For us, when we treat, when, when, when previously when husbands used to treat their wives, it, they treated them like they were downcast. They had no brains. They had no way to think for themselves. They were not powerful enough to make choices. And so the husband has to make the choice because he's the man. I'm the man. I can make the choice for you. I can lead you. Let me lead you. I can lead you. I'm the leader. Leader. God made me strong. God made you weak. I'm the leader. Charge! If we cross the road, fast, come walk behind me. I've seen some, sometimes I've seen husbands. And the wife is trying to cast the children and the pram and trying to push everything and follow the leader, follow the leader, follow I am the visionary of the family. <laughs> Let me say this. The reason why God made you strong is because He gave you a larger capacity to be tender to your wife. <laughs> The reason why you can go ahead and cross the road is because God gave you the ability to keep your wife safe. The reason why you could face the storm is because God gave you the capacity to protect your wife. The reason why God made you a hunter and a gatherer is because you could feed your family. Weakness is not in her mind. She can make powerful choices. She is made in the image and likeness of God. She carries the wisdom of God. She can make you do things that you can never do by yourself. God made the woman in his image and likeness. Come on, man. Come on. Thank you. I love my, you know, my, I really have fond memories of my mom and dad. You know, my mom, when uh, early on in my child, childhood, my mom was doing Christmas decorations. She was climbing up on a, on a high ladder and she was trying to fix the decorations uh, one day on 24th night. And she fell down and, and she hurt her neck. Uh, and most of my life, my mom has been very sensitive or tender, physically, very tender. Like you can't go up to her and shake her and and give her a bear hug. And although I love, that's my way of expressing love, Uh, my mom could not handle it. But there were days, you know, when my dad would love to dance, go for the dance, you know, with with my mom. And there were certain songs. She couldn't even dance to fast songs because the pain in her neck would shoot into her head and then we had to go home, right? So my dad, I looked at my dad, I watched my dad hold my mom with tenderness and, and glide across the dance floor. I looked at it and I was like, wow, what a man. What a man. I want to be like that man. You understand? We need, we need fathers who can be examples of tenderness to the wives. Do you understand? Let's go to 1 Peter chapter 2. We're still on the rapid fire. (laughs) 1 Peter chapter 2. It's just the previous, next page. Verse 15 says, For this is the will of God, that by doing good, you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. Yeah, two people got it. No problem. Are you there? Let's read it together. Verse fifteen. One, two, three. Go. For this is the will of God. Verse sixteen. Verse 16. Seventeen. Amazing. It's amazing that Peter's communicating that the will of God is that by doing good and honoring people, you put to silence the foolishness of men. Honoring everyone. Please understand that he's talking about honoring everyone and honoring the king in the same sentence. He's saying by doing good, and honoring everyone, you are fulfilling the will of God. What is the will of God? But the will of God, through doing good and honoring everyone, you put, you silence the foolishness of men. Which means dishonor. Right? Dishonor makes you foolish but it makes the world look wise. Do you understand? Dishonor in the kingdom makes you look foolish, but to the world it makes you look wise. In the kingdom of God, doing good and honoring with reason or without reason makes you look wise in the kingdom of God and foolish outside in the world. Oh, hello. Foolish people, any foolish people here? Don't put your hand up. (laughs) Because you're in the kingdom of God now. Foolish people do good and honor when somebody does good and honors them. Foolish people, I'll repeat myself, do good and honor when they, somebody does good to them and honors them. But wise people. Get, come on now. Come on, come on. Come on. No That's right, come on now. Wise people in the kingdom of God have the same honor that they have for a king for everyone else. You understand? If you go before a king, (laughs) if you don't honor him, I don't know how long you'd last in his presence. So you would naturally. You would go, stand on the streets and throw garlands to honor him. Would you do the same for a beggar? Would you do the same for the office boy that makes tea and coffee in your office? Some of us do. I would encourage all of you to have the same honor that you have for the king for everyone. Everyone. When the Bible says, Honor everyone, it means honor everyone. <laughs> which means you cannot squirm out of honoring. Which means there's no loophole. Some people use grace as a loophole to get out of living holiness, living in holiness. But with honor, it's pretty, pretty straightforward. Honor everyone. Touch your neighbor and say, I honor you. Do you really honor them? You sure? Are you sure? Wow, you've just become wise in the kingdom. I want to say this to you. You cannot honor someone whom you're not thankful for. You cannot honor someone whom you're not thankful for. You cannot honor someone whom you're not thankful for. Does anybody honor God's word? Anybody honor God's presence? So how do we communicate our honor for the presence of God? By being thankful. Psalms 100 verse 4 says this. It says, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Okay? What the psalmist is trying to say, that access into the presence, access into the temple of God... Is through thankfulness. In our context, we don't have a temple today. We are the temple. And every single person that is sitting here has gates that give people access to your heart. In the temple where David was talking about, in that temple, God was sitting on his throne. For us who are born again in the kingdom of God, God sits on the throne of our heart. Thankfulness is the key to the heart. But honor opens it. Thankfulness is the key that unlocks a person's heart. But it's honor for the person that opens it. Are you with me? Honor means to place a high value on a person. I will not open up my heart to you if I don't know you value me. I will, let me put it in context with today's message. I will not give you the word unless I know you honor the word. Come on now. You have to honor him in this room. You understand. You're thank you're clapping, right? You're clapping right now. Listen, listen, you're clapping, right? Your clap is what is thankfulness, it's praise. It's great, it's a grateful heart that, that gives you access to God's heart. When it gives you access to God's heart, now you have access to greatness. There is greatness on the inside of every single person that is sitting in this room. And thankfulness to God and to them will unlock honor. Placing a value on the people sitting next to you and listening to the sound of my voice. Your honor will unlock greatness. That their heart will reveal to you. The reason why people come and go and have church experiences day day in and day out without really experiencing transformation is because people don't call out the greatness that is on the inside of you. And the reason why they don't call out the greatness is because they have no value for you. And the reason why they don't have value for you is because they're not thankful that you are in this room today. Are you okay? This is is a whole another deep level of honor. I'm a very simple man at heart. But there are depths to my heart that you can only tap in if you honor. Do you understand? I'm a simple man. But I have greatness on the inside of me. Listen, listen, no, 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 please don't clap for me, please. I, I, I appreciate it. Thank you for the honor. But there's someone who is as great as I am sitting next to you. That's who you clap for. <laughs> That's who you clap for. Yeah. Clap for the guy sitting next to you. Clap for the woman sitting next to you. Clap for your wife, your kids, your husband. Come on, man. Put a smile on your face and say, man, I'm so grateful that I get to sit next to you. Look at how, look at how the walls come down the minute you start placing a value on the person sitting next to you. Come on, man. (laughs) Since you are asking, the title of my message is Greatness. (laughs) <laughs> Greatness. 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 It's actually um, the part two of powerful people. Okay? So the context of today's message is powerful people. We're, we're bringing out a culture in our church of powerful people that make powerful choices. And powerful choices are those choices that no matter what is happening around us in our life, that I would choose to honor people without... Excuse without reason. I am so powerful that your junk will not control what is in my trunk. Hello? Your junk will not control what is in my heart but my heart, I've got greatness on the inside of me. You may be a one-day-old Christian. You might just walk into this room today and you've experienced the presence of God like you've never experienced before and you've been awakened to the greatness that is on the inside of your heart. But you can walk, you can come and sit in this room and go home and nobody would know that greatness only because you never gave them the opportunity to be grateful to you. It's so simple. You must understand. Every single person that serves in this church is serving only because they're they're pointing out to a greater reality in your heart. They're serving you because they want you to know there is greatness on the inside of you. And unless their service calls out the greatness, you would not know how great your life is. How great your God is on the inside of you. Let me put it into context of, of scripture. Jesus one day is walking, for, for time's sake. Jesus is walking, um, in Mark chapter 1, he's walking across the Sea of Galilee, a- along the, beaches, the beach. And, and he, he, he looks at these guys in these boats, fishermen. You must understand that Jesus is a rabbi. Okay? Jesus is a teacher. And he is walking down the shore, and he, he looks at these two brothers and he says, Oi! <laughs> Come follow me. They were like, what? Come follow me. I will make you fishers of men. Forget about what he said. Think about what he did. When was the last time a teacher pursued his students? For us, the worldly wisdom says that the student go pay your fees. If you don't pay your fees, you won't sit in the class. What is that? They're getting you to honor the teacher. And because you pay a price, you go to school every day. You go to college every day. Huh? Are you with me? So when you pay a price to honor, now when you pay a price for what is on the teacher's life, you get access to wisdom You get access to greatness that is on the teacher's life. Do you understand? In the kingdom, the teacher says, come follow me. A teacher comes and he honors the student and he says, come follow me. What is Jesus doing? Jesus is saying, I value you. I honor you. Come, let me make you fishes of a man. He doesn't say, come follow me so I can look like a big pastor. I can look like a big prophet. I can look like a big teacher. Come follow me so I can have better people on social media following me. Come, come look, come, come, become, become big. Let me put my pictures on billboards so that now I, you, I can show people how, my, how to honor me like my people honor me. Do you, do you catch my drift? Do you know what's happening, right? Jesus is completely the opposite. He takes the heart of a student, being a teacher. And he says, I'm here to give you. I'm here to call out greatness in you. Come follow me so that I can call out greatness in you. So that you can now do greater things than what I would ever do. The promise the promise for those who follow Jesus is that you will do greater things. Let me, let me put it this way. The teacher limited himself so that you can become The teacher limited himself just to Israel so that the disciples could be limitless. Go into all the world. Oh, come on. Do you know what's happening? Jesus comes and he becomes the servant so that you can become the king. What's he doing? He's he's, he's literally calling you to a standard that is higher than where you're at. Powerful people are constantly calling out the greatness in people around them so that they rise up to the standard from slavery into lordship over their life. Hang around powerful people who empower you to walk in the footsteps of Jesus. You must come around people who are powerful. Not people who want to celebrate themselves. But people who celebrate you. Who celebrate you. Who celebrate you. Why? Because Jesus made it about you. So that you can make it about him. To call out the greatness in, in people around you. You must first recognize greatness in them. The way you recognize greatness in them is by looking on the inside of your heart. You must come into this place where you first place a value on yourself. Man, I, I love people who follow me. I love them. I love all of you. All. Okay? But I love for you to really look inside your heart and not really depend on me. Jesus did not call John, me, to save you. He saved you himself. So that you can see the greatness that is on the inside of you. The reason why you come to a church like this and and you listen to a message like this is so that your eyes could be opened to see the greatness on the inside of you. But if you don't see the greatness in you, you will only pick out the flaws in other people. Listen to your conversation during the week. Yes. Listen to what you tell your bosses. Listen to what you talk to your colleagues about your bosses. Hello. <laughs> huh? Listen to your conversation during the week. When the, husband, when the wife is with, uh, with uh, all her, her kitty party friends and they're having tea, you know, high tea, and, and the conversations are very high about the husbands. <laughs> oh, my husband, you know, he's a good guy. But there's a but after that. (laughs) He's a good provider, you know, but he's not smart, man. (laughs) Doesn't talk. What are you doing? You're exposing the flaw that is in your husband. You're exposing the flaw that is in your wife. Please listen to me very carefully. The words that come out of your mouth is what people will behold. And what they behold, they will become. So if you constantly call out the flaws in your kids and your husbands and your wives and your pastors and your teachers and all of that kind of stuff, they are literally becoming what you are saying. But calling out the, the honor, honor says this, I, will, I am so powerful that I can make a choice to not call out your flaws. I am so powerful that your flaws don't distract me from the greatness that is on the inside of you. Come on. Isn't it amazing? You see how powerful you are? You're so great. You're so great. There's so much of greatness in you. Uh, we, Kelsey and I, the greatest, the privilege that we have is to be able to come into a, in an atmosphere like this and meet with you one-on-one sometimes and be able to, to un, unpack the lies that you have believed about yourself, that you're good for nothing. Oh, you'll never do anything good in your life. You are blah, 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 all of that kind of stuff. We just sit with people and we just, I just, I just ask questions. And unpack the lies that, that you have believed. Because all those lies that you have believed is what you've been hearing growing up. Yeah. Yeah. They say that a person in, in the first 30 years of their life is literally the fulfillment of every word that they've heard from the time they were born. You are literally who you are today is in the subconscious realm. There is you, you're made up of words. You think who you are today because somebody said it. Oh, Vincent, man, how many times I have to tell him? Hitting all those bomb notes, Becky, oh my God. (laughs) See, if you don't recognize greatness in people, you will never create an opportunity for them to experience greatness. What we're doing, what family is all about, is about creating the opportunity to see how much, the potential of how great your life can be. We, we would love to see people step into their calling of greatness, not just calling of what you think you should be. No, no, the calling, true calling of greatness on the inside of you. People, have, people say, well, you know, John is an awesome worship leader. That's not my calling. <laughs> See, but, but they, they, are, they are beholding an older reality. Today, my role is different. But if they step into the reality today, they will tap into the greatness that is being unfolded today. Do you understand? It's the same with you and me. If I look at Jay, like the first day Jay walked into church, Jay Kumar, the first day he walked into the church, I was like, oh my god, this guy needs to repent. (laughs) But if I if I were to look at Jay the same way today that I did the first day he walked into the room, Jay would not be Jay today. You understand? You must come into a place where you are so powerful that you call out the greatness in people. You must call out the greatness in them. Jay is a preacher of the word of God. Jay is an evangelist of God's word. Jay can heal the sick. Jay can cast out demons. Jay can cleanse the lepers. Jay is a good businessman. He can make money. Jay is a responsible man. He's a good father. You understand? People don't know who Jay is. Jay is sitting over there. Why don't you stand up, Jay? Come on. We love you, man. We love you. Yeah. 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 In an instant, I have revealed to him a pathway that he should walk on. In an instant, it just took me five seconds to really create a path of greatness for Jay to walk on. Now, everybody in this church will not look at him the same way as the old Jay, but today, from today onwards, everybody will start looking at him according to what I just called him out to be. Come on, man. There is so much greatness on the inside of everybody sitting around you. Romans chapter 4 and verse 17 says, God calls those things that do not exist as though they did. Come on, man. You might not see it, but you can call it out. Hello, come on. Come on now. Come on. So amazing, isn't it? Some of the coaches that are sitting here today did not believe that they could pastor people. But we called it out of them. We said, I believe in you, Aaron. I believe in you. I believe in you, huh? I believe in you. I believe that you can carry the weight of the church with me. I believe it. I believe it. Can, were they, did they have to prove themselves? No. He proved himself. That's why they qualify. You understand? Every single person qualifies for greatness because Jesus paid the price for you and for me. Come on, give Jesus some praise. Come on. his message is so good. It's so good that I have to listen to it myself and I'll be like, man, I'm great. (laughs) Listen, put your hand on your heart. Put your hand on your heart and say, there's greatness in me. me. (laughs) If you are too ashamed to say that greatness exists on the inside of you, please, meet Jesus. (laughs) Talk to him and see what he says to you. Read him and see what he says about you. All my plans are for you to prosper. Oh, I have thoughts over you as vast as the sand of the seashore. man, my plans are for you. Oh my God, your descendants would be like the stars in the sky and the sand on the earth. You You are called for greatness. 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 Perspective, are you ready for this? The perspective of seeing greatness in someone is seeing a wild forest in a seed. (laughs) (laughs) Greatness is not measured in a tree and not measured by just the fruit. Greatness is measured when you look at the seed and you can see a wild forest that is blooming with fruit. So much so that generations from today would be still eating of the fruit of the greatness that is in your life. You must understand who you are. You must understand the people that are sitting next to you. They're just not laborers. They're not just chaiwalas and they're not just people who are who live in Karama or live in Sharjah, or Ajman, or any of these places. We we can't box the seat. You have to remove the walls and you have to look at people as though an entire generation will know Jesus because of this one person that's sitting right here next to you. One person will literally shift the the, the, the economy of the world. They're sitting next to you. One person sitting next to you. Your child that is sitting in the kids' church could become the next president of their country and could literally shift Make a kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. The person sitting next to you carries the power of God to raise the dead, cast out demons. The person sitting next to you has the ability to change the economy, to move it from a recession into abundance. Man. Man, come on. Greatness, greatness is on the inside of you. Greatness is on the, I don't know when I say the word greatness is on the inside of you. When I say that sentence, I can't help but smile. I can't help but but be thankful. I can't help but be grateful for this God who honored me first by making me great. I didn't earn, I did not earn the greatness that is on my life. I did not earn it. He gave it to me because he loved me so much. He honored me so much. He, he looked at me and said, hmm, he can carry the kingdom. He looked at you and he said, hmm, that guy, Sean, awesome. Happy birthday. You got upgraded in the kingdom. Stop looking at your, don't allow your circumstance to, to define How dark you are on the inside. Allow your circumstance to be the stepping stone for greatness to be manifested over your life. Use every circumstance to be a a place where God comes and fights your battles. Every person that is an obstacle is, is only a stepping stone for you to be promoted in your life. You've got to look at it as there's greatness. There's so much greatness on the inside of you that nothing can stop you. Nothing can slow you down. Nothing will ever position itself greater than God in your life. Man, that's a good word. It's a good word. When people come into our church and they hear me say things, don't come to me for prayer. They think it's a statement of arrogance. No, it's an invitation to see the greatness that is on the inside of you. Yeah. That you can do everything that the person standing at the pulpit can do. In fact, the responsibility is that you would do greater. That's why we are in this position. So that you can do greater things. Jesus is amazing, isn't it? He? He's so amazing. When, when he, he said, Peter, who do you say I am? Peter? Who, he, he's asking Peter now, who do you say I am? And Peter says, you are the son of the living God. What did Peter do? He called out greatness. Come on, man. Come on. Come on. He asked him, Peter, who do you say I am? Touch your neighbor and say, who do you say I am? Jesus turns around Peter and says, because you have said that, flesh and blood, foolishness has not revealed it to you. But my father who is in heaven has called out the greatness that is in my life. Peter, you you heard my father speak to you about my greatness. He says, because you have said that, I will build my church upon the revelation that you got. Come on, come on. Come on, (laughs) come on. I love the word, I love the word. Oh man. Just because Peter called out the greatness in Jesus' life, Jesus says, I'll build a church on that. Just imagine, we're going into this crescendo right now where we're gonna pray for one another and we're gonna call out greatness and the church will be built upon what you call out. I've not met a person in this church that speaks badly about this house. That's the reason why this church is being formed in the fullness of Christ. Everybody that walks in here says, man, I encountered Jesus. I love this church. I've experienced Jesus in this church. I experienced miracles, signs, and wonders in this church. What are you doing? You're calling out the greatness in Jesus. And Jesus is saying, based on what you said, I am going to build my church. And when Jesus builds his church, the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Come on. Come on now. That's what happens when you call out the greatness. When you talk, I've not not met anybody depressed in our church. You may walk in depressed, but trust me, you will be pressed down, shaking together, running over before you leave this room. Come on now. We will give you enough word, enough presence so that you go home stuffed. Stuffed with greatness. Filled with greatness. Stuffed with goodness and mercy and miracles and signs and wonders. Greatness. Oh my gosh, greatness. 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 Greatness is on the inside of you. You're not anybody ordinary. You're not a foolish man. You will have greatness on the inside of you. Man, come on. So amazing that Jesus can say one thing. He can say anything. He can say anything. And greatness comes out of people. Just imagine. Those fishermen. Okay. Saw the same fishermen. Sitting on the boats, doing the same thing every day. In fact, those fishermen were not rabbis or Pharisees. They were Jews, but they were not Pharisees, only because they never studied. They were the rejected, and Jesus went to them and said, follow me. Little did Peter know that the greatest revivalist who ever lived, who could take the message of Jesus further than Jesus did, was sitting right in the next boat. (laughs) Just think about it. Every day they went fishing. But this guy, without a plane, went further than Jesus went. Greatness. That's why I say, don't treat the person sitting next to you badly. Treat them with honor. Because when you treat them with honor, and you call out the greatness in them, now, when they arise, you rise. You understand? If a person who is truly saved, who really is born again, and you honor them, they will never reject you. There's a false form of of a spirit of rejection that comes that is that that is in the minds of people that says if I honor him, he will become too proud. And then I won't have any access to him. Huh? If I the church grows, man, then I'll have to sit at the back. Can't touch John. <laughs> The reason why you're sitting at the back is because you're coming late. (laughs) It's so simple. (laughs) Not because we put you there. Hello, you made the, hey guys at the back, I'm not talking about you, but I'm just talking about the ones who come late. If that's you, then you know, there's greatness on the inside of you. You are powerful to make the choice to come on time. (laughs) I always wondered, who this guy Zacchaeus was in the Bible? Have you ever wondered? Yeah. Have you ever wondered in a crowd of people, the shortest guy is yeah. trying to like... Yeah. <laughs> what was Zacchaeus doing? Yeah. He was trying to look for greatness. Wow. He was trying to... I've heard, so mu- I've heard so much about this man Jesus... I want to see who he is. I want to see the greatness in his life. And I want to see. And Jesus amongst a crowd of people goes around. And he was attracted to the one who was seeking greatness. When you seek greatness in each other. You attract the presence of God. But listen to the invitation Jesus gives him. He says, I want to come and stay with you. Everybody hated Zacchaeus because he was a tax collector. It's like the box. (laughs) It's that awkward moment where, I thought he forgot, man. I was hoping he forgot today. Everybody hated him because He would collect taxes and keep some, which means he was taking more than what he should. And everybody knew who he was, but Jesus chose to ignore his flaws and said, I want to come and stay with you. That one invite, that one invite, it would be beautiful, right? Everybody's calling, Jesus, come, come to my house, come to my restaurant, come to my office, Come, come, Jesus, come, come and let your presence fill this place. And and instead of saying, come, look for glory. When we began the service, I said, pray for one another and release the Holy Spirit and call out greatness in one another. You remember that? Why? It's because Jesus does exactly the same thing. He looks, he's attracted to people who call out the greatness in each other. He's not looking for people who make themselves great. It's about me, Jesus. It's about me and you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Mm. Lord, in this crowd of people, pick me. <laughs> Take me away into the heavens. No, no. If you put your hand on your neighbor and say, Father, I ask that they would experience heaven right now. He comes and takes both of you to heaven. (laughs) Zacchaeus was hated. The, The wisdom of the world hated him. But the wisdom of the kingdom looked for greatness. You might see the flaws of your husband. And if you call out the flaws you're operating in the wisdom of the world, which is foolishness in the kingdom of God. But in the kingdom of God, you are so powerful to make a choice to call out the greatness, which means your eyes have to see through the lens of honor and thankfulness what the heart reveals. Do you understand? Through honor, through thankfulness and honor. Oh, my husband, he doesn't deserve honor, but choose to honor. Because in honoring, you will see the greatness that God placed in that man's life. And when you see the greatness in that man's life, then you call it out. You call it out. You don't don't keep it in. When you see the greatness in your wife's life, call it out. You're so beautiful. You're so prophetic. You're amazing. You're such, a, you're such a privilege to be with. Do you understand? Calling out greatness. It's not that my wife is not walking in it. She's walking in it, but I'm calling out greatness. You're phenomenal. It's a privilege to serve you. It's an honor to serve you. It's an honor for me to be your husband. I see you standing on stages where millions of people will hear your voice. I see you standing on stages where people will look at you as the Mary that beholds Jesus. And as you speak, they will hear the worship and they will remember Mary because of you. I see the ministry of Mary over you. What, what am I doing? I'm just, I'm just prophesying. But actually, because of honor in my heart, because I'm so thankful for my wife, now because of honor, I've opened her heart to see what is in it. She may not have seen it, but I see it for sure. And because I see it, now I call it out. Now when I call it out, I've made the roadmap for her to step out into greatness and fulfill the greatness that God has over her life. Let's stand up. Let's stand up.